0: It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts,
1: Carrie and Larissa.
0: Hey hey hey! Thanks for joining us. Real quick, promise, please find us and follow us at Mistreat Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have curated content on Pinterest and Flipboard. Check out our channels on TikTok and YouTube. And if you would be so kind, like that famous prince we all know, please show us some love and rate and review us. Positive vibes only, right?
1: But first.
0: Champagne. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for tuning in to Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast. I'm the less finier one and interesting half of us, so my apologies. You're stuck with me this time. But for this new year, Larissa and myself are working on some great shows of royals, scandals, and true crime adjacent. In the meantime, please tune in to our classic shows that were originally recorded on this show's predecessor, Sip and Shine Podcast, that led to Larissa and myself meeting. This show is featuring the audience favorite, Jess, or the unfiltered blonde herself. But either way, cheers to the new year. Here's to those who've seen us at our best and seen us at our worst and can't tell the difference. Hi, Jess. Thank you very much for coming back to Sip and Shine Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. I still can't get you into royals. I try really hard. I think one day it will hit off with you. I'm not
1: disinterested, but I'm not totally, totally into I'm really into like Diana in the 90s. That's kind of my jam. The newer royals, I'm like not so interested yet. The other night we were looking for something to watch on Netflix and I told my husband, I was like, should we do it? Should we watch The Crown? <laughs> He's like, I don't want to watch it. I was like, oh, fuck you. I'm, I have one toe in. How about that?
0: Okay, well, I figure if I keep bringing it up at some point you're gonna be into it. I'm <laughs> almost there, I feel like, with you. It's like it's like it's like a
1: toddler with broccoli. You just like keep reintroducing it, hoping that it'll take.
0: The one I picked today, I thought we would do, is one about a missing mom in the nineteen I think seventies. 1970s of orange county huntington beach area so i thought it was kind of pretty time period you know what i mean before the 80s hit <laughs> the 80s hit. it was like right before <laughs> betty betty broderick's time yes oh i still love me some betty broderick oh love bets but we should do a bets deep dive
1: on one of our patreons and like see where she's at maybe i'll drive out to the ie and try and visit her in prison i think i said that before
0: <gasps> i know i would love it if you did that by the way I
1: really want to, but I don't even know how. If anyone knows, please DM me or Carrie how you tried to visit a prisoner. I mean, not during corona. Not during coronavirus time. I don't think that's no, a No, no, one, no, but, no, But, you know,
0: after. After everything's good. After we're cleared. So I guess maybe I'll start. I'll talk about the area. Set the tone and the time period. And then you <laughs> set can. Set the stage. Exactly. Lights, camera, action. <laughs> and then maybe you can talk about the actual missing person herself, the Girl Scout mom. Which is so sad. Can you pick the little retro Girl Scout outfits too?
1: It rem- you know what it reminds me of is uh, Troop Beverly Hills.
0: <laughs> I know. That's when I was thinking the same exact thing. <laughs> Phyllis Neffler. He permed me. Oh, my God. I love that movie. So Huntington Beach is an Oceanside City in Orange County, California. It's about 35 miles southeast of downtown L.A. Have you been there? I
1: have never been to Huntington Beach. I've driven past the area like on my way to like newport or san diego huntington beach isn't i think has since the 70s has kind of gone gone downhill a little bit
0: okay it was named after the american businessman henry e huntington so it was one of the more populated areas our city in the la area it's known for its sandy beach mild climate and the surfing The waves are enhanced by the open ocean swells around Catalina Island. It's earned the nickname Surf City, and this was the time period of August of 77 that this happened. So I picked a couple events from the WorldHistoryProject.org. The Clash released their self-titled debut album in April of that year in the United Kingdom. Woody Allen's film Annie Hall was released starring Diane Keaton, and it was one of his most popular films. Which I'm like still like, eh, about Woody Allen. I don't know why everybody loves him. Oh, I didn't know people did still love him. I thought everyone hates him now. Yeah. You no, know, people are still support him. Really? I think I want to say Glenn Close is one of them. Ew. Gross. Did no. you hear how his publisher staged a walkout or whatever because they didn't want to publish his book? And Ronan Farrow, it was the same publisher as Ronan Farrow. And he was like like a slap in the face,
1: no, I did hear about the Rophapathy. That is so did that get resolved by the way, because I think that is really shitty after all he's especially after all he's been through, like with the Weinstein stuff and the Matt Lauer stuff to did they resolve it? Did they drop? Mm-hmm.
0: They're not going to publish it
1: good, good. yeah. that was that was crazy to me that they would even like go there too.
0: I agree. Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, originally released simply as Star Wars, is an American 1977 space opera film written and directed by George Lucas. So it was the first of the six films released in the Star Wars saga. Was 77. Wow. Yeah,
1: I've I think seen one, maybe one Star Wars movie, and I'm pretty
0: (laughs) sure I slept through like most of it. So (laughs) the next one, I actually took down more information because I had never heard of this, and I thought it was pretty interesting. Beverly Hills Nightclub. Don't get excited. It was in Southgate, Kentucky. It was not in Beverly Hills, California. It was destroyed in a disaster. I knew it right away. You would be like, I was like, I've never heard about that. It was destroyed in a disastrous fire in 77, in which 165 people perished. And it had a colorful history from 40 to 61, 1940 to 61. The club, operated by organized gambling interests, featured sophisticated and illegal casinos and Hollywood entertainment. The club's fortunes declined in the 1960s with the demise of organized crime in northern Kentucky. I had no idea they had ever had crime, like organized crime there with like the mob. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> That's right? So and the fire ended up starting in the zebra room. Ooh, the like, zebra room. Isn't that so 1990s? Or I'm sorry, 1970s of the zebra room. The zebra room. A picture like Mr. Furley from Three's Company. Coming, not gonna oh my
1: God, now that song's <laughs> going to be in my head all day. I love Three's Company, by the way.
0: But only, only the Suzanne Summers episodes, though. The Spy Who Loved Me was the 10th spy film in the James Bond series, and it was the third to star Roger Moore. As a fictional MI6, Agent James Bond, in August of 77, on the island of Col- Colores, island off of Brazil, a strange phenomenon began to occur. Strange luminous objects appeared over the, f- the few towns of the region, and these objects were often projected thin rays seemingly of light directed at people. That's really creepy. The touched people fainted and woke up with a strange anemia. They witnessed that they felt as if their blood was being removed by the strained race. Okay, then. Very, very unsolved mysteries. Elvis Presley's final performance was Aww. in Indianapolis at the Market Square Arena on June 26, 1977. He died on August 16, 1977.
1: Aww, so, sad. so sad. Poor guy. So sad.
0: Okay, so now you get the actual mom. I feel like I set the scene and I just picture some 70s music going and <laughs> they still have go-go boots in the 70s. I don't think so. She was like driving
1: her station wagon with her kids.
0: Wood wood paneling probably on the side.
1: Totally, totally. Or like that Jeep they had from um, Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they have that in the 70s or was that one no, of the No, I'm sure I don't they know. Did. That's another, like, amazing movie, by the way, from my childhood, Harry and the Hendersons. I fucking loved that movie. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, her name was Teresa Baxter, and her two daughters went to the beach sometime in the month of August 1977. When the two girls returned, they were told their mother had run away with another man according to their father. Hmm. She was never seen or heard from again. Prior to this, Teresa was described as a loving mother who cooked for the family, helped the children with homework, and was even a, quote, Girl Scout mom.
0: This is like during the day, like, oh, go to the beach with your sister. Yeah, like no big deal. I remember even
1: in the, the 90s, my my cousins, they lived in Hermosa Beach, which is a little beach town. I remember when we would come out and visit them in the 90s, they lived like a couple blocks up from The beach, and we would just like ride our bikes down there or whatever. It is really sad that you can't do that anymore.
0: Did you ever watch 112263 on Hulu? No. What is that? No. It's with James Franco. He, it's based on a Stephen King novel where James Franco basically goes back in time to the around the time period of when Kennedy got assassinated fascinated it's it's on hulu you you should watch it it's a very strong period piece but it kind of reminded me of this if we just walked back in time on this day in 1977 what it would be like through our you know our pov to that time you know that's point of view if you didn't know what that meant (laughs) i learned that because i learned that because i read an article and i'm like what's pov and it was, you know, I went down that dive of what happened to porn actresses. POV means point of view por- in porn. I didn't know that. Like, Oh, I didn't know that was like a porn term. It is like a universal term. Oh, my God. That's funny. The more you know. The
1: more you know, guys. Anyway, back to Teresa here. Her daughter, whose name is Maria Plata, was 12 years old at the time. She said that her parents' marriage was troubled at the time. They fought frequently, and her architect father was prone to angry, violent outbursts. Teresa had attempted at one point to take their children and leave him, but she eventually returned home. Maria remembered one night her father tried to prevent her mother from taking the children and leaving him. She pulled a gut on him and ran out of the house with her children. Jeez Louise. Maria was scared of her father and did not question him, but she looked through the house for clues as to her mother's disappearance. Hidden in the attic, she found her mother's purse and driver's license. What? Pretty sure the dad killed her uh that's just my opinion anyways she continued to be suspicious of her father and was unhappy in the home she eventually ran away and was subsequently placed in foster care what about the other daughter though teresa baxter was never reported missing by her husband in 1988 so 10 years later maria plata reported her mother to the authorities i was about to get married and i wanted her to come to the wedding or at the very least let her know i was okay and starting a new life I'd been thinking about my mother a lot. She was pretty terrific. She was involved in Girl Scouts and homework and was a good cook. She was always there for us until she was gone. Due to a youthful shopping lift, shoplifting arrest in her youth, Teresa's fingerprints were on file with the police. Oh. However, the police were unable to trace her social security number or fingerprints anywhere in the county after the summer of 77. Huntington Beach detective Don Howell said, Quote, I worked every angle you could think of, Howell says. I followed her bank account. I talked to friends, family, and neighbors. I put out flyers. I did a historical search to see if any law enforcement agencies ran her name for warrants. Plata suspects her father killed her or arranged for someone else to do it. She wanted to leave him and take the kids. He had a big problem with that, said Maria. Detective Don Howell was quoted referring to him. Early on, he suspected Baxter's husband because of his manner during interviews. He couldn't care less. He was sociopathic, like she's gone or what. Teresa's husband has since been deceased and was never charged in her disappearance. The detective still hasn't given up on the case.
0: What the fuck? I'm always really surprised when people's bodies are found in the woods because it takes a hunter or somebody walking a trail to find, to find those or a farmer. But then I was like, how come if other bodies are just dumped, how come they're not found? And I recently heard it's because when the ground settles after like the bones are deteriorating, The rain pours down and the ground shifts, it settles into the ground, never to be seen again because the bones are underneath soil that's displaced from like surface runoff and rain. Oh shit. But where else would this guy have dumped a body? Because I went hiking in like Malibu. It's very sandy ground. Like, where would you put a body out there?
1: I mean, you could drive up mammoth or big bear that's like in the woods, or if they're in Huntington Beach, he could have just put her in the ocean. You know what I'm saying?
0: Because of those waves, you think it would have gone up on the shore? It would have just been taken out to sea?
1: <sighs> I mean, I don't really have a lot of experience in that area, so I don't... Because
0: eventually, think about it, or what's his name? Peterson. Sean Peterson's wife was found, right? That's his name, right? Oh, Sean Scott. Peterson. Scott Peterson. Yeah, Scott that's Peterson. true. Why am I thinking it's... Sean? Who's Sean? What is the one that his like third wife went missing? The She was in her young 20s. She left two kids behind, and then he got... Wait, did they make a Lifetime movie about it? Yeah, wait... <laughs> This one up. I know you know this case because
1: there was another dude.
0: I totally know who you're
1: talking about. He was a cop, Drew. Drew, yes,
0: Stacey Ann Peterson. You know, her mom. I didn't know this. I was on Charlie's project, her mom went missing too when she was younger. What? Wait, you know what's really funny? When you were
1: saying, when you were mentioning about the case, and we couldn't remember his name, all I could see in my head was like the Lifetime movie poster about the truth. <laughs>
0: So, what would the moral of this story be? Well, first of all, can I
1: just say that I would like to personally track down Maria and her sister. And I want to see what I, I just, I just, there's so, I just have so many questions. And also, this detective, I mean, no offense, because I actually have an uncle whose name was Don who was an LAPD detective, actually, for a long time. But it doesn't seem like he, like, really tried that hard.
0: <laughs> the first time around or the second time around? I mean, any of them. It just
1: seemed like his quotes, like, oh, yeah, we interviewed him. He couldn't care. Like, whatever. like you got to dig, dude. You have to dig. And, like, why didn't the husband, why didn't he do a polygraph? Why didn't I, – I just have so many questions. So I really need to investigate this more. For now, we will just say – if you are going to leave your husband and take the kids and he seems like he may kill you or he has, like, anger problems, I would say don't be in the house by yourself. Always the buddy system. Go back to the buddy system.
0: Think about how hard it was to be a detective back then.
1: You didn't have surveillance, right? DNA. I don't know. I'm not to bring OJ into this. But even I know that DNA came out, like, right 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 before the o j case, but that's why I still don't understand when cases like the o j case or even Scott Peterson or something like that that's what I still don't understand when people can't a in some cases like that a percentage of reasonable doubt when we have all these things now, you know, like I get it when it was back then back then, I totally get it, but and also I think that. No offense, because I have the utmost respect for our, you know, police officers and <laughs> law enforcement. Yeah. But I do think that, yeah, the detectives now probably do have it a lot easier than the ones in 77, you know. Oh,
0: I know. And I think it was it the 80s when they're, I think in New York City, there was a lot of corruption. I think that started out because they were underpaid and all that. We were watching
1: something. It may have been like on the ID channel or history or channel, something like that. And they were talking about like the most corrupt law enforcement in the in the United States. And they said, yeah, NYPD and, um, and LAPD. <laughs> and I think I told this story before on my podcast. And I think maybe if I had to guess why, I mean, like with LAPD, it's – I had a, an instance actually where – well, I had two instances actually once when I actually like needed the the police and they. I'm sorry if there are any LAPD officers out there listening to this. I have respect for you, but I'm sorry you didn't come through for me. One was I got in a car accident, a very bad car accident where I broke my wrist. And it was LA's weird because it's made up of a, a bunch of like little neighborhoods, most of which are un, are technically in the city of Los Angeles, but then you have these little cities like City of West Hollywood and City of Beverly Hills that are their own cities. They have their own law enforcement. And the place in which I got in the car accident was on Johaney on and Beverly Hills Police drove by. They were like, are there any fatalities? We're like, no. They're like so- – we're like, can you help us? They're like, sorry, this is LAPD. you got to wait. And then same thing. West Hollywood Sheriff drove by. They were like, sorry, this is LAPD. you got to wait. We called 911. They're like, are there any fatalities? They're like, okay, we should have an officer out in like two to four hours. We're like, what the fuck? I mean I get it that they have like more pressing matters but – it was like oh, we shoot. had to wait forever. And then the other time was um, I had my wallet stolen at the Whole Foods in Beverly Hills. And it was, this is a good lesson. This is a good lesson to everyone. Okay. And I learned this lesson the hard way, mm-hmm. even though people had told me before, when you are grocery shopping, this is when coronavirus is over. Okay. I have a tendency of carrying like very large handbags like the ones that are just like open I always used to put my bag like in the little child seat where the where like a baby would sit you know and my cart was right next to me and this girl came up and she did not look like a, the regular customer that's seen at that store let's just say that And she started asking me questions about the granola. And I was like, I don't work here. But literally in the time that I twisted around and my back was to the cart, her boyfriend, well, we think it was her boyfriend, reached into my bag and took out my wallet. So I didn't know this, right? So I keep shopping, whatever. I get up to the checkout and I'm looking through my bag. I'm like, where the fuck is my wallet? I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't find it. And then all of a sudden I think about that girl and I'm like, shit. Screamed really loud. And the manager came over. He's like, what's wrong? And I'm like... My wallet was stolen. He's like, are you sure? And so he called Beverly Hills Police, who were there, like, in a second. And then they, we he let me see the security mm-hmm. camera. And sure enough. I love Beverly Hills Police. You should have said Beverly, Hill. Hills yeah, Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. He was there, like, in a second. <laughs> and then I started. They showed me the security tape. And they showed me what happened. And sure enough, I turned around and whatever. That they So in this time, the people that had stole my wallet, they had already gone to the Beverly Center, which is this mall, which is technically in the city of Los Angeles, not that far from where I was. They had already gone to that mall and tried to use my credit card, one credit card at the Gucci store for $4,400, another card at the Foot Locker for some crazy amount. And so I was – doing the police report with the Beverly Hills police officer and as I'm getting these alerts and I, and I said to him, I'm like, oh my God, they're at the Gucci store right now. I'm like, go get them. <laughs> I'm like, go get them. Go find them. He's like, I can't. And I go, why? He's like, "That city of LA. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So he's like, here's the number to the dispatch. Like you can call and report that, you know, you're there. So I call and they were like, basically told me to go fuck myself.
0: My sister had her checkbook stolen, and she even had them on camera at Lowe's using her checks for $6,000. They never made an arrest.
1: No, never. I called, and they were like, well, do you know that this is happening right now? I'm like, I'm getting alerts. I'm like, go into the mall. And they were like, we'll see if we can get an officer over there in a couple hours. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And then that whole day, I was getting alerts. Then they went to like Nordstrom Rack. Oh, this really pissed me off, okay? My Nordstrom card Didn't even have my name on it. It had my husband's name, which he has a very Persian name, and the people that stole my wallet were not Persian. And I get two emails, because you know how Nordstrom emails you your receipt after you... So I get an email saying, I made two purchases at a Nordstrom rack in... At the Fox Hills Mall, which if anyone who lives in L. A. the Fox Hills Mall is like not the greatest area, anyway. And one was for like eight hundred something, and one was for five hundred. So I call the Nordstrom rack there. I'm like, hi, this, and it because it says the the sales associate's name on the receipt who rang them up, and I go, can I talk to whatever whoever it was, Jane? They're like, sure. So I go, Jane, hi, my name is, you know, this is my name these people were using my credit card. She's like, oh yeah, they just left. I go, question for you, Jane. Um, The name on the credit card was this. Did the person purchasing it, she's like, yeah, it was a girl. I'm like, did she look like that name to you? And she's like, oh, I didn't look at the card. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I go, why are there two separate transactions? She goes, oh, well, I tried to do it all as one transaction, but your card wouldn't let me put through a transaction more than like 800 at a time. And I was like, that wasn't a red flag. Oh, my God. Hello? I was so pissed. As Tamara Barney judge, would say, I
0: was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on that note, where can Anyways. people find you? You may not want to reveal it because if you're a cop out there, you, you don't want any more negative reviews. So... I, know, right? I don't, right? Let's just say I live in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and on that note, we just learned, do not have any crimes that happen to you in California or New York. Well, it, if, if there are
1: going to be any crimes, just preferably if you could be within the city of Beverly Hills or c- city of West Hollywood, they, they tend to react much quicker. Just a little FYI. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, but oh, find my podcast uh, at blonde underscore unfiltered. Hi, I'm Kelsey. And I'm Alexa. And have you always been curious if Winona Ryder is actually crazy? Are you dying to learn how to stay out of a cult? Then you should definitely check out the Psyched Podcast. The podcast where two psychotherapists analyze real and fictional figures from pop culture and tell you all about the obscure psychological phenomenon that your Psych
0: 101 class didn't have time to tell you about. So grab your cocktail and head over to the psychedpodcast.com and check us out. And don't forget to go to therapy and get your shit together. Bye. Ciao, darling. still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. I will
1: never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it.
0: Alright, right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Let's play a game, all right? On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it, just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, it's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out Miss Intrigue deedsandintriguepodcast.com, but we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, Accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast host or guest co-host are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie... Misdeeds or Intrigue Podcast or Larissa have been am now or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast, host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.